The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer of the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollas, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 16-plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So, put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, 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 and happy Friday to you all. Uh, I'm sitting in my apartment right now recording this podcast, and it is hot, it's really hot in New York right now, really humid. Another heat wave. Uh, honestly, it's been kind of a weird summer. I feel like our seasons are shifting. Like we, uh, everything shifted forward a month. Typically, this would be the heat that we get at the end of July and the beginning of August. But my God, I had to turn off my AC so that I record this, could record this without having too much noise. So it's going to be a hot one in here, but I'll turn the AC back on when. I am done with this episode. All right, so uh, it's going to be Labor Day weekend this week, this weekend. So uh, that means two things. Summer is over, or it's the end of summer. Uh, I mean, we know that's not technically, but most people follow that as the end of summer and that the new school year is about to start. I'm really excited to get back to the school year. The summer has been very weird. I don't know. I guess I like the continuity of having a regular schedule, kind of knowing what I'm I'm in for each week. The summer has been kind of all over the place. And while I love going out and teaching master classes and adding certain classes to my schedule, um, I, I do like the regularity of knowing what my week is going to look like. And also... I, I miss working with the same kids regularly and helping guide them and seeing their growth. I love teaching at Broadway Dance Center, um, and I do have a lot of uh, students who come in, and I get to work with them regularly. But uh, 
Not as many as I do at the schools I teach at. Um, so yeah, just to let you know where I am, what I'm doing. So I have uh, reduced my roster of schools that I'm teaching at this year uh, because I want to spend a little bit more time in the city choreographing and really working on developing my own projects choreographically. Uh, so I'm teaching at Greenwich Ballet Academy this year, again, where I will be working with the students on their contemporary training and improving their ballet technique and preparing them for competitions like Youth America Grand Prix and World Ballet Competition. Also, I will be returning back to Ballet School of Stamford up in Connecticut, where I will be teaching ballet classes there every Saturday. And beyond all this, I still have my regular Broadway Dance Center classes. I have my Tuesday 10.30 a.m. beginner ballet classes. I have Thursday intermediate advanced ballet classes at 4.30 p.m. And then on Fridays at 6 p.m. I have advanced beginner ballet and 7.30 p.m. I have basic ballet. Um, there has been discussion about adding a regular contemporary class or a guest slot for contemporary class in there since my intermediate contemporary for Saturdays will be ending next week. Um, so you'll have to stay tuned with that. And of course, you can always check out my my bio page on broadwaydancecenter.com and they list the classes that I'm teaching every week on there. Um, what else? Additionally, on the 4th of September, this Tuesday, I will be adding an extra basic ballet class. I think that's at 7.30 p.m. Um, other than that, like I said, I'm, my, my goal this season beyond my teaching schedule is to really dig my feet in and start choreographing more. I was really... Uh, moving forward choreographically the past couple of years and then this past year just for the move to New York and to stabilize my life and make sure that I could make enough money to afford New York City rents, I, I took on a lot of teaching. Um, and so this year I, I've reduced a bit of the teaching that I, I was doing last year and I am working with some dancers. So I've been working with this lovely dancer named Ursula Verdusco. She is a peer of mine in the New York City uh, choreographic scene. She asked me to choreograph a solo on her, and we're hoping to put that on festivals. We finished it this past week. It's actually really theatrical. I'm really excited uh, for that. I'm hoping to get some footage at some point soon. Maybe I can share a little bit of that on my social media stuff. Um, and then beyond that, I'm also, uh, I've been working with a few dancers, freelance artists in the city to develop some uh, choreography to get footage to hopefully do a fundraising campaign to start my own regular project. So keep an eye or an ear out for that. Um, okay, I think that that's everything that is new right now. Um, today, I wanted to talk about something that I haven't really talked about way too much on here. Um, every week when I look at topics or I consider topics to talk about, I, I usually go through, <laughs> I go on iTunes and I look through all of the episode that I've I've put together and I try to find things that I haven't talked out talked about before. I mean, having done over a hundred episodes, um, I'm sure that there's a little bit of overlap here and there, but I, I do my best to try and keep things fresh. Um, so today I thought that maybe I'd talk a little bit about uh, music and dance. Um, I'm not completely sure exactly where I'm going to go with this episode, but we'll see where it evolves. I have a couple of ideas. Um, but yeah, music is. Uh, probably one of the most integral things in dance. Uh, I I mean, you don't have to have music to have dance, but most of the time it is the inspiration for dance. Um, 
if you look back to when we were little kids, uh, music plays and kids that can't even talk start to bounce to the music. Um, if you think of social activities, uh, whether you're a young adult or you actually even a teenager going to school dance or a young adult going out to clubs, um, or if you think about celebrations, uh, whether it be a, a wedding, a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, uh, <laughs> what other types of events, gala events, uh, music is played and it inspires people to move and usually improvisationally, not even anything choreographed. So music generally is the inspiration for dance, whether it is social dance, whether it is improvised, whether it is choreographed. Um, so I, I feel that music is definitely music or even the lack of music is definitely a, a major part of our dance world. So the, what, what is the importance of music and dance? It really depends. I mean, every single style of dance has different types of music and is used for different things. For instance, in ballet classes, uh, we generally use piano music, um, I, I'm lucky enough at Broadway Dance Center that I have live accompanists with all of my classes. Um, but most most schools end up using CDs of uh, piano music to teach their students. And uh, the, the basis for that is because a lot of... Uh, a lot of us need to learn how to react to music on the fly because the whether whether you are currently performing to live music or not as a ballet dancer you your goal is going to be to eventually perform to a live orchestra um and you can't hire a live orchestra to play for every class that'd be really expensive um but yeah so in ballet class, we use live piano music. If for contemporary classes or jazz or lyrical or hip hop, um, we can use an array of music, whether it be current music, pop music, hip hop music, um, all the way back to older styles of music. Um, I mean, contemporary dance, we still can use classical music. We might even go into uh, just any different style of uh a music from the past. So music is very much a part of every single classroom. Um, now, if you think about choreography, performance, uh, dance that will be performed uh, on a stage or in front of people on a, on a platform that would allow them to be viewed uh, and allow them to perform. Uh, what is the importance of music in this type of dance? Uh, there are actually a few things that music provides when it comes to dance. I mean, the, the main thing here is atmosphere. Um, if you have, I don't know, you can use Philip Glass, for, for example. Philip Glass is used so frequently, especially in the ballet and contemporary dance world, because his music, it, it doesn't really have any uh, melodies that are overwhelmingly uh i don't know what words i'm trying to find but there, there aren't any melodies that are so clear that you have to follow 
that tune. Um, he tends to do music that's more cyclical, so I'm going to sing for a second. It's not going to be good, I promise you that, but um, a lot of his music, the minimalist music that he does, it repeats. So it would be yada da da 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 So it would, it would go back and forth. I, it sounds like it's rotating to me. Um, but so he, what he does is he often changes the keys so that uh, it goes to a different key and then it comes back and it just gives this nice mood to uh, to the music. And it's nice as a choreographer to use music like that because it doesn't force you to create steps that go exactly to a specific melody. It kind of allows you to use that as a driving force for choreography, um, but to really develop your own steps uh, and format as you wish to. It's kind of the, it allows the choreographer to do more on the side of choreography versus following uh, a melody or a theme. Uh, for other pieces, if there is really like an overwhelming melody, that could definitely be a driving force. Um, if you look at pieces like, I don't know, Peter and the Wolf, uh, <laughs> Who is that? Is that Prokofiev? I'm pretty sure that's Prokofiev. Don't I don't have any computer open right now, so I can't do my research. So please Google that and make sure I'm correct. But um, for the the ball- the people that have choreographed ballets to those music, the melody is very driven by the instrument that the composer chose to use. So it would be kind of reckless for the choreographer to go against that, especially when. Uh, I don't know. The first, the one that I think of is the bird with the, I think it's a flute or a piccolo. Uh, you pretty much would need to choreograph exactly to that music. All right. Uh, what else is music important for in dance? It, it really can give inspiration. Um, for instance, if, if a choreographer chooses to use words, uh, music that has words in it, you can literally just choreograph to what they're saying. If you watch So You Think You Can Dance, this is done a lot. Um, and this is usually like lyrical or contemporary or jazz type of dance. But say somebody says, my heart hurts because of the love that I lost. <laughs> it uh, You can be straightforward with that. You can grab your heart and then you can show your face in pain. And then you can reach out for love that is no longer there. Um it can be as simple and straightforward as that, or it can be a lot more complex. Uh, but yeah, if, if the music is smooth and it sways, it may inspire the choreographer to create a waltz. If the music is very sharp and harsh, it may inspire the movement to move in that way as well. Um, and if the choreographer is a little quirky and they're, or they're really trying to like change up the process, maybe if the music is sharp and harsh, it inspires the, the choreographer to create something smooth to see how they can contradict that and see the, what the opposition would look like against that music. Along with these things, uh, music can also guide a choreographer to to create the dance the way that it is so like i said if it's smooth if it's a waltz maybe you're gonna have your dancers waltz if the music goes up i'm so on key please hire me to sing for you <laughs> then maybe uh if you're in a low position you will slowly move in a way where you get a little bit taller and a little bit higher or go from the ground up and 
to normal staying position into a jump. Or if the music goes down, yeah, da 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 da, maybe you would slowly fall. Um, or like I said, if the music sounds like it rotates, like Philip Glass, uh, the yeah da 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 yeah da 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 yeah da da da, like that could be a Shanae turn. It could turn. It, you could feel like you want to turn with the music. Um. Yeah, other than that, music really, it's its a tool to help you to storytell. Um, I feel that choreographers are some of the best storytellers on earth because you, being a human, choreographing on humans, you tend to have to portray, even if you're not telling the story of something that is human, maybe you're, I don't know, trying to describe how climate change is happening. In the end, because it is conveyed through people, uh, it is going to be human. So with the music and dance, uh, it can help tell stories that even if they aren't human are, are going to be very, have, have humanity in it. Um, but that might be reaching just a little bit, but uh, <laughs> that that's that's really where I feel the importance of of music and dances. It's atmosphere, inspiration, guidance, and storytelling. All right, so what type of music do I listen to? Um, I tend to listen to I'm an electronic music junkie. Um, I'm not really like the music that you listen to at clubs. I used to really listen to like electronic dance music, but I've gotten more into like quirky electronic music. Um, I pretty much survive at home on the electronic chill out station on either Pandora or on Amazon music. Uh, it, it's good atmospheric music. There's that word again. It's good atmospheric music. A, it relaxes me. Um, but B, it also inspires me. If I just want to move, like if I want to improvise, it's it's just really good music to get a good flow going. Um, not always the best music to use, like if you're going to do a 30 minute piece, but it can be good transitional music between or good setup music at the beginning of a work. Um, I'm also, I, I love classical music. Um, I love neoclassical music. I love minimalist music. So I don't tend to listen to classical music unless I'm looking for music. Um, but I love classical music. It's hard, I think, to be a ballet dancer or ballet choreographer. Um, if you don't like classical music because you spend every day of your life beginning your day with music on a piano. Um, and if you're dancing in a professional company, chances are you're going to do a classical ballet at least one to four times a year. Um, so I feel like that was very much cultivated within me. Um, but when it comes to orchestrated music, I'm really a big fan of, uh, minimalist music and it is because of that ability again, to create atmosphere. Uh, I am a really big fan of, I'm, I don't know if this is even a term, but if not, I'm coining it. And then if Wikipedia ever does anything, or if anybody writes anything for this on Wikipedia, you can say that I coined it. <laughs> but I call it electronic minimalist music. Um, so it's pretty much like a combination of the style of composition that Philip Glass does. But then um, there's it's layered with sounds that uh and and noises like electronic noises and uh electronic crafting usually 
created by sound artists, um, atmosphere artists, whatever you want to call them. Um, Max Cooper is one of my absolute favorite, 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 favorite composers. I, I used him um, in the piece that I choreographed at the National Choreographers Initiative, Distinct Perceptions, and then I also used his music for my choreography project on YouTube, my web series that I I created and um he actually <laughs> tweeted about it which was like a one of those like pinch me moments. So that was very cool. Um who else? I also really love the music of Oliver Arnold's let me go through and see if I can find who else. Lately, I've actually really fallen in love with Caroline Shaw. I'm going to talk about this later, but I was reading an article. I think it was in Vogue, but I can't remember. But Damien Wetzel, who he was one of my teachers when I was at the School of American Ballet, and then we ran into each other a handful of times when I danced at uh, his festival, the Vail International Dance Festival. Now he is uh, the president of Juilliard, but he was featured in an article, I think it was Vogue magazine, but don't hold me to that. And he mentioned the work of Caroline Shaw, and I am a fan. She is spectacular. I would call her contemporary classicist. I'm making up words here. Um, but yeah, her stuff is great. Um, who are other art, uh, artists that I'm finding myself coming back to? Dirk Mason is fantastic. Um, I'm also a big fan of Greg Haynes, uh, H-A-I-N-E-S. And then electronically, I don't tend to really find people that I stick with. I, I'm not a committed listener of music. Uh, I tend to find music and maybe I'll find one or two songs by the artist and then move on um, when it comes to electronic music. But uh, I have... A, I have too many I'm looking through. I have too many to actually name off, but oh, I missed one other person that I wanted to mention. Um, I recently found Michelle Banabila, and uh, I actually found this artist because Annabelle Lopez Ochoa, a friend of mine, an amazing choreographer, uh, female taken over the world choreographer, um, she choreographed a piece for the San Francisco. Uh, what was that festival? They had 10 choreographers create works and it was, uh, she used that, that composer and just thought that they were spectacular. Um, now choosing music. I, I don't, when, when I choreograph, uh, I tend to choose music that inspires me just in the moment. I keep a playlist every season. Um, and by season, I mean like fall, winter, spring, and uh, summer. I keep a playlist. And on my iPad and phone, I actually have back to 2012 that I started doing this. So uh, I can go back to them. I can I create new ones every few months, and I fill them in every uh, every few weeks. Um, if I'm choreographing though, like if I'm commissioned to choreograph it, the type of music that I use, it just really depends on whether I'm given the music or not. If I'm given the music, obviously I choreograph to whatever I'm given, but if I get to choose it, I look at the company and the style that I'm going to choreograph in and then I, I, I go from there. Um, but I tend to bridge the type of music that I typically listen to. Um, I also music that I going back to the idea of music that I, I listen to I like some pop music but I and now that I'm in my mid-30s I think that I'm uh, 
<laughs> maybe I'm getting to that point, you know, I mean, I'm not a parent, but my parents were about this age when I was starting to uh, care about music. And maybe I'm getting to that age where pop music doesn't relate to me as much. But who knows, maybe I'll come back to that at some point. Okay, so how do I find music? Um, I actually consider it a part of my job to find music for dance. I, I teach so many classes and uh, especially the contemporary classes, I like to make sure that I have fresh music constantly because um, I really make sure that the the dancers are adapt learning how to adapt to whatever they're given. It's like the idea in a ballet class, you have dozens of combinations every day to piano music, but it's not the same song. You're constantly having different music played and you have to react to it. So I try to do that with my students when it comes to music for contemporary dance. Um, so yeah, I, every three, three to four weeks, I go on iTunes and I search through the electronic dance so the electronic section, the dance section, and the classical section um, of, uh, like, in the search area uh, on iTunes. And I go through everything on the main page that is not a repeat. So they have the top, the stuff at the top that scrolls by. Then they have, like, the newest albums. And then they have, like, top songs. And then I go to the top 200 songs. Um, and I do that with each of those. And then I just do the top 200 songs with pop music um, just to make sure that I'm staying current. But uh, that's the main source of where I get my music. It takes hours and hours and hours for me to do it. And I enjoy it. It's exhausting, um, but I, I, I really do enjoy it. And it's always fun to like see what I actually do find because for me on iTunes, it's it's glorious to see the new artists when they come out like they're usually kind of chunks of periods sorry chunks of times where new music is put out and that's always the most exciting time for me um because there's always inspiration just lurking around every corner beyond that um if i find an artist that i'm really interested in or a song that i think is really interesting uh what i'll do is i'll search it in youtube and i'll see what else shows up in the search um, and I'll click on those videos. Uh, also, if I'm listening to a song, maybe I'll, and, and I, I, I'm getting over it, maybe I'll scroll to the end of it so that when it ends, I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you let a song or a video play on YouTube um, till its very end, it'll automatically go to something related to it. Um, so I like to, it's kind of like a roulette type situation where I like to see what's going to pop up there. Um, also, like I was saying before, Pandora or Amazon Music, uh, since I just got Alexa, I have Amazon Music too, but, uh, I like to play different stations, whether it's the Chill Out station or the new Electronica station or classical, um, and if something comes up and I really like it, I'll just ask Alexa what the song is or go on my Pandora and take a screenshot and email it to myself so that I can download it later. Other than that, I find my music through friend suggestions. I also try to get keep every single program of performances that I've seen. Um, and if I really liked something, I'll take a picture of it and I'll email it to myself so I don't forget to, to check it out. But I think that it's really important for people that are teaching and choreographing to go watch performances, not only to keep yourself up to date with like what's happening in the dance world and in the world of technique, but also just to, to get inspiration with music. Um, 
went through a period of time where I felt like it was a bad thing to watch people's performances and go, wow, maybe I should use that music. But really, I, I think that it's a very valuable tool. Um, and if you look around the dance world, the same music keeps on popping up over and over and over again. So it's kind of just how it works. Uh, what else? Colleagues, suggestions, articles, like I said with that article um, by Damien Wetzel. I, I read every magazine, dance magazine that's out there. I read Dance Magazine. I read Dance Spirit. I read Point Magazine. I read Dance Teacher Magazine. I uh, get an email from Dance Informa. Um, and then I try to check out Inside Dance as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's fun now that I get to write for those. But I, even with that, I... I'm constantly reading them and just trying to soak up as much inspiration as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, m most of my music is my own personal taste that I, I find through that iTunes search and on YouTube and Pandora. Um, but everything else that can give me some additional music is, is, is great. I, I'm open to any pathway to, to find music. Okay. A little bit more of a conversation on music and dance. Uh, I had a very heated conversation about this. I am not the heated conversation type of person, um, but this is like five years ago. Uh, should choreography be guided by music or the other way around? Um, there are many choreographers who are extremely musical. If you look at Balanchine, if you look at Robbins, if you look at Christopher Wielden, um, Justin Peck that are clearly guided by the music. But then also there were other choreographers who decided that they were going to go against the music. So like Merce Cunningham, um, I, <laughs> I've developed over the years, but I, I strongly feel that choreography should be guided by the music. And I mean, that goes all the way back to what I was saying about how we are usually first moved by music before we could even talk. Um, but I'm also open to other things. I just think that it's usually process work. And by process work, I mean, it's, uh, a tool to teach you how to develop choreography and to hear music and how to resist music. Uh, like the temptations of letting the music guide you to choreograph. Um, so yeah, there is no right or wrong to this, obviously, like everything in the world. Um, I mean, we have social right and wrong, like, <laughs> I'm going to get off track, but <laughs> there are social rights and wrongs. But I mean, in general, everything is decided by our culture. So there is no right or wrong way to choreograph. But I, I do strongly feel that most dance should be guided by the choreography. Um, and my opinion on this is, is based off of this concept that I talk about in my classes. There is no visual... Uh, there is no true visual of what music looks like. And <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, one of the biggest lessons I ever learned was from my uh, my band teacher, Mr. Rappold. And he had a big moment in front of the entire band, and he it, it was revelationary for me. Um, he was like, what is music? And we were all like holding up our sheet music. We were like, this is music. And he's like, that is not music. That is symbolism. It does not make sound, and it does not have any feeling within it. It's just a tool to show you what you should be playing or not playing. Um, music, he, he said, music is just vibration and it's noise that is made by that vibration. And what we do is we use these specific instruments to create certain vibrations. And then we try to put those vibrations together. And then your ear 
takes it in and that's what you hear and that's what actually is music. And I know that's really deep, but in reality, it's true. So even if you, I mean, there are other ways you could say, well, we have meters that show you what music is, but that's just those meters uh, that show you the, the vibration. It's just the tool, again, that shows you a visual of what music could look like. Um, as a dancer, what I feel our job is to do is to take the vibration from music into our ears and to constantly practice in the studio how that vibration would look. So if you have a very sharp, high-pitched vibration, it might look very different than a very low, slow vibration. Um, so when I'm choreographing, I try to listen to the music and imagine what the music would look like visually when it comes to that that concept of vibration and then to allow that to enter the body. And through that, I try to use that as a vessel to really tell stories, um, usually about... Uh, different human states and human experiences. Sometimes I try to do plotless and mix it up, but really I, that's what I find the most inspiring. Um, so yeah, I do feel that choreography should be guided by music, but every once in a while I will try exercises to do it the other way around because I think it is a valuable tool to sort of hone your skills. Um, but that's my opinion on that one. I'll be curious if anybody has, if anybody feels differently on that, send me a message um, I'll say that at the, in my, my outro, I'll give you my information to contact me, but, um, that I feel is a very controversial topic. Um, if it's, in, if it's, if it gets enough feedback, maybe I'll even devote an entire podcast episode to that. All right. Last thing here. I thought I'd just talk about if there's any music cells that I don't like. <laughs> this is where I get the hate mail. So, um, I do not like country or bluegrass music. I don't know what it is. It's just not my type of music. Um, you don't usually see that much country choreographed on stage either. Um, you only really see it, uh, in clubs and things like that. And even like whenever I see country music award shows, um, or singers on stage or videos, they're aren't a lot of dancers that aren't doing specific like line dancing uh type type of dancing so i'm not very inspired by it it's not my taste in music to each their own (laughs) but that's that's not going to happen for me um other than that rap and like heavy metal my my brother listens to screamo i think that's what it's called not for me um i like music that is just a little calmer than that or if it is going to be crazy i like it to be electronic I, I just love the futuristic sound of electronic music even though we are in the age of electronic music i guess it isn't futuristic anymore but when i was 13 i was already listening to the music that everybody listens to today just pop singers were not singing that music ahead of my time all right so i think that that is that everything all the styles of music i don't like i think anything else No. Okay. I think that this is a pretty good place to end this week's episode. (laughs) Thanks for letting me ramble on about music and dance and choreography and the inspiration for music and dancing, music for dancing class and all that. Um, If you have any opinions on the topics or if you want to share with me a little bit about your taste in music or your thoughts in music for dance, please feel free to reach out to me. And like I said before, I will share that in the outro that is coming up right now. 
I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorlis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerolis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcasts on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolus, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. It's Dancing Off Stage, where I talk about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. Or you can also read my writing at lifeofafreelancedancer.blogspot.com. On Life of a Freelance Dancer, I talked about working as a freelance artist for over five years. If you are interested in my choreography, you can find that on YouTube by searching in the search panel, B. Carolis. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chats. I hope you return in two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.